Welcome to the Magic Mindset Podcast, the podcast for anyone aiming to live in and embody your highest self and explore your full potential. Let's uncover the bullshit so we can discover the absolute magic of being you. Hello, and welcome back to the Magic Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Mayo, author of Not Another Diet Book and owner of Nourish, a coaching service that is dedicated to helping you feel amazing in your body and helping you thrive. We are going to dive right in because there is a lot I want to get through this week. We are again going to be talking about our relationship with food and our body and how we can elevate both of those things. And I want to give you six steps that I give to every single woman that I work with who is coming to me in any sort of capacity that has to do with wanting to feel better in their body. This is the process that I give them to help them do exactly that. The first thing we work on is learning to be present. Present with your body, present with your food, and present in your life. We have this really weird habit of obsessing over the future and also contemplating the past in a way that does not work in our favor. Thinking about what went wrong, where we didn't react the way we wanted to, why we are the way we are, you know, using our past to make excuses for our present and for our future. And we think about the future in like worst case scenario type ways, which may seem like it has absolutely nothing to do with your diet, but believe me, it has absolutely everything to do with your diet (laughs) because what are you doing when you're not feeling great when you're feeling stressed out when you're feeling worried you're not easily eating in a way that helps your body feel amazing those are the states in which your body is like okay well give me pleasure because these thoughts don't feel very good so you might as well give me something that tastes good right (laughs) there's a high correlation there so when we learn to be present with what is right now present in the present moment we give ourselves such a gift that's expands so far beyond the number we see on the scale. Like, believe me, that that alone is a superpower that will change your life, being able to be present in the now and not fighting with it. I've talked about Byron Katie and her work before. I'm going to talk about it again. Please, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Byron Katie's The Work and Loving What Is, I highly encourage you to grab one of her books and dive in because it will It will change your life in the most magical and delicious ways, including how you show up for you and what you put on your plate and how you react to what you put on your plate. Mindful eating is kind of like this buzzword now, but it shouldn't be. Mindful eating has nothing to do with diet culture. Mindful eating is our natural state. When we are experiencing our meals, we should be doing so with the intention of fully tasting them, of noticing the textures, of noticing the smell, of noticing how our body feels as we eat, noticing as our hunger starts to diminish, noticing as our fullness starts to rise. When we are able to tune in to our body in that way, it allows, I mean, holy shit, you guys. (laughs) everything changes, right? When we know, oh, okay, this, this is what real hunger feels like. 
That's, that's a craving. That was me reacting to a situation. That was me seeing something and, and by mind thinking I wanted something. That wasn't my body asking for something. Like this is real hunger. Knowing what real hunger feels like is something that a lot of us thankfully don't experience. And I'm not saying that you should seek out true hunger but also, it's nothing to be afraid of. That, that is our body letting us know that it could use a little sustenance. And honestly, when we feel the, those initial true hunger pains, we still have hours, hours and hours and hours where we could go without eating and be completely fine. Like, I am absolutely one of those people who you were you hear say, like, oh, I'm hangry, right? Like, if my blood sugar gets too low, my mood gets a little bit salty. So I absolutely can identify with that. But I also can identify with the fact that most of it's in my head. I'm being bitchy because I'm being bitchy. And having that awareness allows us to make better decisions about what we are putting into our bodies when we don't react to that initial story of like, oh, I need to eat right now because if I don't eat right now, and that's when we find ourselves having something that we don't want to be having. We're in a drive-thru. We're reaching into the cupboards. We're not making the best choices. When we can go, oh, okay, this is a signal. I'm going to, you know, take it as a signal and I'm going to make the best choice to honor myself, honor that signal and do so in a way that I'm going to feel good about in the future, that I'm going to be glad I did, you know, come lunchtime, come dinner time, come tomorrow morning. When you learn to be mindful with your food, it makes feeling good in your body so much easier. And there's a hundred different exercises that you can try. I have, we will go over so many of them in, in a call and they will be tailored to you know, your situation and your initial struggles. But one of my favorites and one that I, I think it's coming up on my Instagram. I'm trying to like schedule my posts because I don't want to be on social media a ton. (laughs) So I'm not sure what I have this scheduled for. But there's one, it was probably when this is airing will be about a week past. Um, But DM me if you can't find it and I'll, I'll, I'll tag you in it. And it's one of my favorite exercises when it comes to learning to be more mindful with your food. And that is to literally... Have something indulgent, have something that you typically tend to overeat, something that you have deemed off limits, but you still really, really love, something that you find yourself regularly binging on. Like for me, when I did this, it was (laughs) Cheez-Its, you know, my relationship with Cheez-Its, if you've been here a while, and take that food, put it in a bowl or put it on a plate, sit down with it and eat it distraction free. Eat it without a podcast playing. Eat it without doing your work. Eat it without watching Netflix. Eat it without scrolling on your phone and taste it. Put your fork down between bites. If this is a food that you don't need a fork for, again, me and my Cheez-Its, put your hand down in between bites. Taste what you are eating. And if that feels really fucking weird to have this like very sensual moment with a plate of Cheez-Its or pretzels or potato chips or whatever, I don't give a fuck because objectively it is just as weird to just mindlessly eat those things and then later on to feel shame about doing so, right? Like that's pretty fucking weird too. So find an exercise where you give yourself an opportunity to be completely present with your food, which really is that simple, right? They're all going to boil down to that same 
kind of scenario. You're going to take food and you're going to eat it distraction free. You're going to eat it slowly and you're going to allow yourself to savor it and just notice how it feels. And when that becomes your habit, holy shit, does it make listening and responding to your body so much easier? The next thing that we focus on is true self-care. And while that is going to look different for every single woman and every single different goal, there are a few things that come up consistently and have come up consistently for over the last decade because I've been doing this in some capacity for that long. And so I can say this with a lot of faith in what I am about to say. And that is focusing on sleep because sleep is self-care. A good sleep hygiene routine is self-care in one of the highest forms. Focusing on meal prep, because again, meal prep is self-care. Holy shit, is it self-care. And movement, which is the next one. We're going to get there. But those three things come up over and over and over. And the only situation in which they do not come up is when the woman I am working with already has one of those or all of those or some combination of those as a well-established habit. They are that important. It's either happening in their lives already and so we don't focus on it or we bring it up because it is that important and it needs to be focused on. It is incredibly hard to feel good in your body and in your life when you are chronically exhausted. And when you are ignoring sleep, you are basically saying that I am okay with making my cravings harder to deal with because if you are tired, your body is going to want quick, sugary, processed carbohydrates, right? That is when we crave those foods even more. If you are tired, you are going to feel even less motivation to get up and get your ass to the gym or to get on a walk or to just do your everyday tasks. The laundry, the cleaning, the groceries, all of those little things. And guess what happens? They don't get done and it weighs on you. And then it becomes another reason to say, oh, I can't. I can't do, get to the gym. I can't focus on my self-care. I can't do these things for me because I'm so behind, right? And so it keeps us in that vicious circle of basically lying to ourselves that we don't have time. We don't have the resources. We are not able to make these changes. And almost all the time, that is just... It's not the case. And so focusing in on, again, sleep and meal prep in some fashion, in whatever way that you need, will allow for really, really amazing changes to happen. And I'm going to be so bold as to say, unless you are doing that, focusing in on those things, because we're going to get to movement next, but focusing in on sleep and meal prep in some form, you're just making your job so much harder. So much harder. And I'm not going to tell you that you can't get there without really cleaning up and establishing really nice, healthy habits around both of those things. I'm sure that there is a way to get there, but it's just going to take you a lot longer and it's going to be a lot more stressful than it needs to be. And then movement, because movement is magic. I, it's my belief. And so I am not saying that this is fact. (laughs) I am not claiming it to be a truth, but it is my truth and it is my belief that you are going to be really hard-pressed to have an amazing, full, vibrant life that you feel like you are fully participating in and that you are fully honoring your body in if you do not have some form of movement practice. And I am not saying it needs to look like mine. No, not. Absolutely. Do I 
no, this is not me thinking. I know we have a lot of research to back this up. Does strength training training drastically improve your life, drastically improve the quality of your health and the way in which you will age? Yes, that's a fact. So do I believe and wish that every single woman would find their way to a gym and find a way to getting a barbell, a dumbbell, a kettlebell in their hands? Yeah, absolutely. That'll change your fucking life. But we also have to start. And so if your movement routine is you taking walks, that's amazing. That is fucking amazing. If your movement routine is dancing in your living room to a few songs, that's amazing. If your movement routine is going to yoga, is anything, anything that you can currently fit in your life that allows you to move your body in a way that feels good and that adds to your life, that's amazing, right? That is absolutely amazing. And that plays in so importantly when it comes to changing our relationship with food. And yeah, absolutely. When it comes to weight loss, when it comes to fat loss, right? You will, yes, burn more calories, but you strength, whenever you move, whenever you have a dedicated and disciplined fitness routine and practice, what you are doing is strengthening your idea that you are somebody who cares for your body. You are somebody who prioritizes your health. And what does that do? That means you're stepping into that identity and you're going to strengthen that identity further because you're going to sit down, you know, going back to the first thing we talked about, creating mindfulness while you eat, you are going to say and think to yourself, okay, well, I'm somebody who, and if your idea of yourself is you're somebody who exercises regularly, you are somebody who moves regularly because you respect your body, that is also going to be reflected in what you put into your body, what you put onto your plate. And you continue to do that for long enough and it just creates a circular fashion where you realize, oh, okay, if I eat like shit, I feel like shit. And then my workout sucks and that doesn't feel good. And, and so you want to avoid that trap, right? Like that is one of the most beautiful gifts that creating a gym routine can give you is because you start to realize what you need to do to allow your body to feel your best and you start to become aware of what you are currently doing that means you are not feeling your best and it makes it easier to step away from those behaviors. The next thing on my list is drinking, which I know that's not for everybody, so this may be a five-step list for you if you're somebody who doesn't drink. But if you are somebody who drinks, that's a six step still. <laughs> but that was one of the main reasons I was able to step away from drinking is because I wanted to feel great in my body and that I wanted to work out on the weekends. But if I was hungover on the weekends, I was not doing so, which made saying no to the drink on Friday night that much easier because I wanted to wake up clear and fresh on Saturday. And so all that to say for number three, before we dig in to number four, the whole drinking thing is Having some sort of dedicated movement practice, even if it is only two days a week for 20 minutes, right? It doesn't matter the size. What matters is the consistency. What matters is the intention behind it. Having that happen for you, because it is a gift that you are giving yourself. It is not something you have to do. It is very much something you get to do. Giving yourself the gift of movement will also give yourself the gift of seeing yourself differently, of showing up for yourself differently, of feeling better in your body, of strengthening an identity that you wish to create. It changes everything. When I say movement is magic, I say it with my entire chest. And if you need help in establishing something, reach out, please. If you're local, what are you doing? 
(laughs) come and see me. And if you're not local, I can absolutely help you with that too. I love helping women figure out how best to move, to reach their goals, and to feel absolutely amazing in their skin. But let's move on. We're going to move on briefly because I just did an episode a few weeks back on drinking and I don't want to, you know, bore you all with that subject because I know it is a controversial one and I know it is a sensitive one, but you need to understand that if you are drinking while you are also trying to change a relationship with food in your body and lose weight and lose fat, you are making your job so much fucking harder than it needs to be. So much harder. Drinking while losing fat can absolutely happen, right? Like that's the law of thermogenics. Like it's not impossible. I am not claiming that at at all. You can absolutely lose weight while continuing to drink. What I am saying is it's going to be harder to do, right? It is going to be harder to do. You are willingly making your job harder. And is it going to be worth it sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be worth it sometimes. Is it Should it be rather, and you know I use that word very, very cautiously because should can be an awful, horrible, dirty word, but should drinking happen regularly? No. I don't think there's really any purpose for anybody. It's not adding to anybody's life in any meaningful way. We know now beyond a shadow of a doubt that drinking alcohol in any form is not a health food. Yes, even wine. Yes, even clean wine. Like it is not good. It is not adding to your life and it is absolutely not adding to your health. And so trying to hold on to that desperately is is a big sign that you are holding on to your bullshit. And it's, it's a sign that you have a problem there that is worth looking at and worth examining. And again, If you need help, I encourage you, please find it, right? Find it. Reach reach out to me if you need help in facilitating that. I would be honored to help you do so. It's, I'm not sober. I say that every time I say that. I am not saying that you need to be sober, but I am saying that the way in which I've seen women just grip Alcohol, knowing it is to their detriment, knowing that it is not helping them, knowing that it is keeping them stuck, knowing it's adding to their stress, it is ruining their sleep, it is holding fat in places they don't want fat to be held onto, right? Like all of those things, but still continue to do it. It's it's incredibly frustrating for them and it's incredibly heartbreaking, you know, to see on the other side because With that change, when you give up that behavior, when you say, okay, I'm going to remove alcohol from my life for a little bit of time, like you have no idea how impactful that will be to the way you look, the way you feel, yes, the number on the scale, yes, the size of your pants, but also how you feel in your life. And so (laughs) one last plea before I move on to the next two, and that is give up alcohol for a little bit. It will change your relationship with your body. It will change the number on your scale. But more importantly, it, it will change the quality of your life for the better. And I say that again. Just like I said, movement is ma- magic in my whole chest. I say that drinking is not adding to your life. Drinking is subtracting from your life. And removing alcohol from your life will make your life better. I say that with my full chest as well. piggybacking on the whole no drinking and movement thing is finding a like-minded community because for better or for worse, you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with, right? That can be incredibly taxing 
or incredibly uplifting, depending on what your current community looks like. The beauty of going to a gym and getting yourself into a membership program like we offer at mine, one that is in, you know, a class type setting, is you are going to be surrounded by like-minded people. Yes, you're going to, you can very much stay in your own world and let that be your your me time and not know a single other person in class, but you're still going to be surrounded by their energy and energy that is uplifting and energy that is people who care for themselves, who care for them health, their health, who are doing the hard thing in order to feel better. Like that is an incredible energy to submerse yourself with. And it is one that you, I'm sorry, you just can't find in your living room popping in a beach body tape. It's just not the same. And so regardless of where you are, I, I really encourage you to find a community while you seek out your fitness because it will help you feel better. It'll help you create more discipline. It'll help you find more motivation because you're going to look around the room and you're going to see all these different bodies doing all these different amazing things at their varying abilities. It's incredibly motivating. And give it a little time. You will meet people and you will start to develop relationships and and they'll start saying, hey, I missed you on Monday. And you'll start saying to them, hey, where were you Saturday? And so it makes showing up that much easier. And for the whole no drinking thing, if your friendship group center around getting together and drinking, yeah, it's going to be harder to make those changes. You may feel a little bit ostracized at first. You may feel a little bit othered. You may feel left out. I know what that feels like, right? I still have to fight those feelings sometimes. I haven't been drinking. God, it's been a long time since I've changed my relationship with alcohol. And so that means it's been a long time since somebody called me up (laughs) to go out for a night, right? They know my answer, what it's going to be. Does that mean that I still don't feel like a little bit like sad sometimes that like I didn't get the invite or feel like a little bit of FOMO? No, absolutely not. I'm not immune to that. I don't think you're ever going to be immune to that, but That is why finding another community that doesn't center itself around those activities can be so important because not that it's going to replace it, but also, yeah, because it can replace it, right? And going back to the gym, that can feed in right there. Like that can be your new community. That can be your new group. That can be where you start pulling new friendships from and developing deeper and different connections. Having community support when you are trying to do something different with your life, when you are trying to treat yourself better, is just, it's so important. That is why these, you know, programs like Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and like those type things, that's why they were successful is because they leverage community support. And I am not saying that they're good (laughs) by any means, but I'm saying they're smart. And we can use what we know from those type of programs to our benefit and say, okay, well, if, if community support can help us really step into a new identity, really find more motivation, really find more discipline because we know that other people are doing this with us. We know that other people are there supporting us. They want to see us survive. They want to see us not survive. They want to see us thrive rather. It makes it easier to continue to show up for yourself in that way. Find that community. And I need to. I'm going to. By the time this releases – So I'm trying to think when I'm recording this and when this is going to come out because I'm really putting the cart in front of the horse here, guys. But with when this will come out, I will be within a few weeks, less than a handful of weeks of creating some sort of community platform where we can all get together very low cost, very, you know, 
actionable, but we can come together and be that community for each other because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to feel lonely in your changes. I know what it's like to feel like, oh, okay, like I'm I'm doing this alone and I'm not in the same place as, as some other people in my life and that can feel they can feel lonely and it can feel scary. So community is available to you. Like you can absolutely find it. And if you can't find it, do what I'm doing right now. Create it. And the last thing that we are going to talk about, because believe me, <laughs> there's always a lot more, but for the purpose of giving general advice without knowing your individual situation, the last thing we are going to talk about today is an emphasis on adding. Instead of doing the bullshit where we take away all the foods that we have deemed off limits, that we have deemed bad, that we have deemed not good when we are trying to change our relationship with our bodies or trying to lose weight, instead of doing any of that garbage, we are going to focus on adding. Adding in more of the things that help you feel your best by focusing in on making sure that you are getting enough of certain nutrients that you feel nourished and supported. Getting enough fiber, getting enough protein, getting enough water, and yes, getting enough sleep, getting enough movement, all of those things. Adding in things rather than subtracting from your life because I promise you, when you focus on adding in the right things, when you put your intention into nourishing yourself, caring for yourself, making sure that your body is getting everything it needs to feel its best, it is going to by default push off some of the things that are not serving you. And it'll do so with a lot more ease than trying to white knuckle your way through restriction or deprivation. I am going to tie this up right here. We are getting to my cutoff point. I like to keep these under 25 minutes and I know that we are already over it. Always, if you need help, if you have any questions, reach out. You know where to find me. I'm a really, really easy girl to find and I would love to connect further. Um, Next week, we are going to be talking about, let me find my notes. Oh, ooh, yay, yay, yay. This is going to be a good one. We are going to be talking about a little ways that you can change your energy, shift your energy, uplift your mood, uplift your vibe, and do so with a whole lot of ease because that's the theme right now, making it easy, making your relationship with you easy, and making feeling really good in your life easy. So I hope you will join me. And between now and then, I hope you have the most delicious day. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 